Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, hosted by Angel Radcliffe. Tune in as we discuss finances, success stories, and inspiring vibes that will help nurture growth. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we have a great episode in store for those of you who are in corporate America, but also have that side hustle. So this is all for my dualpreneurs or even for those who are thinking of starting a business. My special guest today is Connie Still, the author of Building the Business of You. This is the first book that will help professionals and entrepreneurs navigate the new world of work while aligning personal purpose and professional advancement. So she's going to help you learn how you can future-proof your career. Connie is the co-founder and principal of Flywheel Associates, a business strategy marketing and operations consulting firm. She's a seasoned marketing and strategy executive who will join this episode and drop major gems. So get ready to take notes. Connie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Angel. I'm super excited to be here. I am so excited to have this conversation about future-proofing your career. I know so many people have tuned in and they're like, what is this episode about future proofing your career? <laughs> so I am like ecstatic to have the conversation. When I saw the topic, I was like, I wonder what this is about. Okay. And with myself being a financial educator, I'm thinking like, all right, is it about having money? Is it about not being stuck at one job? So I would love to delve into it. But before we do, how about you let our listeners know a little bit more about you? Sure. So I'm really about partnering with individuals and organizations to help them achieve meaningful fit. I run my own management consultancy called Flywheel Associates with my husband, in fact, and we help scale up technology companies build their growth story through corporate podcasting, brand development, strategic planning, and financial operations planning. But for individuals, I offer tips, stories, and advice through my podcast that I actually run. That's really about helping today's leaders break through the inertia that typically holds us back and understanding the how um, to create that momentum that they're looking for. Let's face it, all of us get stuck and we're not sure how to exactly move forward. So getting um, understanding on that how is so important. And it's actually because of the podcast that I've been doing for several years that it led me to a fundamental thesis on what was going on in the future of work because of all these guests I spoke to. And, and subsequently, I decided to talk to other people. But what I was learning is that People were fundamentally approaching their careers differently in terms of what they want, how they were going about doing it, and fundamentally how they were defining success. And so all these insights that I was getting, my own personal passion of understanding how work was changing over the past 10 years, ultimately led to the book that I wrote called Building the Business of You a system aligned passion and growth potential through your own career mashup. And that ultimately is how I started to learn how people were future-proofing their career. That sounds exciting. Congratulations on the book. Thank you. And I know writing a book is not an easy feat. I am an author as well. So I can definitely understand maybe some of the pain points, excitement, but the book is here and we will definitely touch based on that and where our listeners can find it. I, I want to get right into it because <laughs> this whole future proofing your career, give us a definition. To future proof your career, 
ultimately is a way of managing risk, right? Because in today's new world of work, uncertainty is the new certainty because we know change is constant. The pandemic has been obviously a reflection of that where you don't really know what's going to happen day to day. So when you think about what the future is really about, it's about being fluid versus the narrative that you're currently hearing about the future of work of what what people maybe typically have heard. That, oh, it's about machine learning. It's about automation, machines taking over everything, or it's about building a better culture. It's about diversity. But for me, everything that I saw and everything I was observing about the individual, and this is even prior to the pandemic, it's about being fluid. And what do I mean by that? It means that, again, with there's constant change to find that traction, you now have to go with the flow. <laughs> I think a lot of us had to feel that. But it's because technology and the way businesses now run and opportunities are run, there's a lot of optionality that people have. And there's a lot of choice in working in different environments because people want to work where they want, when they want, using the tools they want and the time that they want. And now it's this shift where people realize instead of taking this linear, sequential, very conformist and rigid career growth and development path, where it's all about conformity, it's shifting to one where it's about being in fluid. It's much more collaborative. It's multidimensional. It's multifaceted. And it's about really reflecting you. It's about individual agency, which is why you see so many more people choosing entrepreneurship or choosing to chart their own course because future-proofing your career is also recognition that you need to take control and create multiple revenue streams or create that career path that can create more stability. And it's not just financial stability. It is holistic stability in your mental health, your physical health, so that you can be all of you. As you probably have seen, Angel, a lot of folks are now very aware that continuing, I hate to say toil away, but there's certain roles that they've had where it's been difficult and it doesn't quite fit for them and they want to take more control. So to do so, what you've been seeing is that a lot of people are parallel pathing their career. That future proofing is you're seeing people do a lot of side hustling now because they know that no one job is ever safe. So that side hustling has been happening for quite some time, but it's not only to create that financial stability, but it's also to give them the opportunity to create optionality, but to also explore all these other interests they may have and potentially turn that into their full-time business of which they could pivot into. Or maybe just a way that they want to do multiple things and create that, as I call, career mashup in the book that is this combination of roles, experiences, hobbies, interests, passions that really lets you combine all of you to be your whole self. And that could be a portfolio career, or that could be something in which maybe you've been someone who's taken a nonlinear journey, which is becoming more and more common. 
And you've now found that really compelling role that lets you bring all of these different experiences into one. And it really starts to differentiate you. It makes you incredibly unique. And so you're now more competitive. And that mashup creates that future-proofing that I think everybody's looking for. It's like, how do you create some um, stability? Amazing. Thank you so much for that explanation. And you said something else in there, mashup. And I know that has to do with the book. So we'll get to that. I want to go back to your business because you are an entrepreneur. And of course, with my background of being a financial educator and a business strategist, I typically work with clients who are trying to start a business or they already have a business. And I really love to hear how people got into entrepreneurship. So can you talk about how that happened for you? Sure. It was never in the plan. I guess I'll start off with that. What happened, and this occurred nine years ago, but I was working as a head of marketing for a technology company. It was a very strenuous environment. My children were young. They were two and five. And I had the crazy commute every day. My team happened to be 100% virtual at the time. So I was actually doing virtual work way before virtual became a thing. But given the circumstances and the environment and, and this desire to really want to be the parent that I want to be, it was challenging. So there weren't the options for executive women to necessarily try to balance it all. And so I made a choice to leave without having something else. So quitting without having another backup plan wasn't common. It was a circumstance where I knew that I wasn't able to have an and situation. So the decision was for me to be able to continue to grow in a different way, but also to be the parent that I wanted to be, I chose to leave. And I was very fortunate that having worked in technology and had worked at AOL actually for quite a few years, had many friends who had chosen the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial path, had many friends had chosen the entrepreneurial path, starting their own consulting business or being an independent consultant for that matter. And so I thought, you know what? I am not ready to jump into anything full-time in a corporate setting. I'm going to start off as a consultant and see if I can really first create that lifestyle that I'm looking for. And that's really where I get started. It was this desire to really find a different way to work so I could have life fit into work. And not the other way. And that is definitely the reason why so many people go into entrepreneurship. Now, if you can recall, I know it's been a while, but any pain points you had getting started or was anyone in your family an entrepreneur before? No, <laughs> I, I should take that back. So my husband actually started his own entrepreneurial path a little bit of time before me, maybe uh, a year or so before me, because he also had some similar uh, experiences where he was trying to test and learn and really determine the path that would best fit him. So, you know, I saw how he did it, but really there was no one else. And and like any entrepreneur, it's scary, right? It is the unknown. When you work for a company, it's a bit more clear on the roadmap, on 
what to do, how to get the next job. And then you're there and then you do the work there. But as an entrepreneur, building that plan, networking with folks, figuring out how to land your first client is all brand new. So I'd say that the initial struggle, ironically enough, was networking to build opportunities for myself. Now, I'm a pretty extroverted person, but there's one thing to be extroverted, but there's another thing to then meet people to see if there are opportunities for you. Because I'm also not somebody who likes a transactional, I don't think transactionally. Every time I meet with people, I always want it to be a mutual value exchange. So it was me overcoming a bit of fear at first to say, here's where I am and I'm looking to make this pivot. If you happen to know of any opportunities that would fit with my skill set, and I started with my first degree connections, I'd really appreciate it if you keep me in mind. And that led to opportunities that kind of led me on my way. But that's still an ongoing thing that I think many entrepreneurs struggle with. It's, it's the ongoing business development and balancing finding new opportunities with doing the work too, because it wasn't my initial goal when I started off to build a big consulting firm. It was, again, to create a lifestyle such that I could still continue to grow and build my client base, but also be there for my children. So I know a lot of people probably feel that way too, that it's you're always, it's always a balancing act. And I, I want to get into more of the corporate experience because over the weekend I was on Instagram and I'm just scrolling and I saw someone discussing entrepreneurship and they said, you should really use corporate as your learning ground before you step out and start your business. And I wish I could remember the guy's name, but he says, if you want to be an entrepreneur, take advantage of corporate, level up your skills. And he used the phrase infiltrate, educate, and vacate. <laughs> I love that. I wish I, I could remember yeah. give him a shout out, but I'll find it and put it in the show notes. But do you feel as though your corporate experience really led you to doing what you do now in your own business? Absolutely. I do. I don't regret my corporate experience at all because it was a really good training ground to understand how run organizations operate. I would have never learned some of those skills that I have today had it not been for the corporate experience I had. Now, that being said, things are fundamentally changing. And you have a lot of people who are not necessarily choosing the corporate path right out of school because they see entrepreneurship being a really compelling place to just build because there's a desire to just build and move fast. And there's trade-offs with corporate. You can't really move at the speed at which you'd want. Now, the, the thing that is so important though, for those who are choosing that path is to find mentors or pl places where you can get that really great foundational training. I know it's something that you espouse too. It's when you, the most important thing is if you can get a core foundation and have that strategic foundation to help you understand how things run, how to think, how to do, that will help you demonstrably as you grow and matriculate in your career. And at the time that I started, they're just entrepreneurship wasn't as big of a thing, even though I spent my time in tech, it wasn't as big of a thing as it is now. But yeah, to answer your question, I do think it's really valuable, 
But for those who don't want to take that path, I understand. But what's important is that you find those resources that can give you a really solid foundation so you can understand what um, a well-run company looks like because it will help you. Just when you have uh, a sense of that, like the end goal, it'll just help you as you craft your business along the way. Definitely. And when we're thinking about the future of work, with the rise of so many entrepreneurs, what's your view on the future of work? So fundamentally, as I mentioned before, the future is fluid. And what that also means is that convergence is fundamentally happening. Specifically, people now see things as an and situation, not an or. So before for me, I had to pick life over work personal and professional now inextricably tied. People want to find that balance. So you see basically a blending of these things now. It's you know, work, life, professional, personal, thinking, doing, purpose, profit. They're really now all intertwined because at the end of the day, today's worker recognizes that They want to be all of themselves. There is a fundamental acknowledgement that if an individual can't be whole and show all of their sort of multifaceted layers and also feel mentally and physically balanced, then they're not going to be able to bring their A game to whatever working situation they have. So that's obviously one rise into entrepreneurship. But, you know, the other big trend that's been happening is that, you know, at the end of the day, people are products and services on the web, whether they like it or not. So all of us have been on LinkedIn. We're checking out people's profiles. It's one big Amazon for people. And so folks are looking your profile as a product. As a result, what that means is you need to take control over your personal brand. You are now the CEO of you. You're now a business. And so ultimately, to chart the course that you want to be all of you, you now need to strategically plan like a business so that you can achieve the various goals that you have. Because let's face it, people's goals when it comes to work and life are not narrowly focused anymore. It isn't solely focused on money, power, title, but what is that goals are much more expansive now. They are absolutely about happiness and fulfillment and balance or people have a lot of different goals and and they're not ones in which, you know, they're, they're equal in nature. And so if these goals are equal in nature, it also means that not one job may be the role that fulfills all of it, which is why then people are probably parallel pathing these because they're like, they want to do multiple things. So by taking on multiple roles, parallel pathing, creating their own career mashup, as we had said earlier on, that portfolio career, if that's what they choose, they're able to really fulfill and address and achieve those goals they set out for themselves and in turn reflect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Connie. I I know we want to focus more on 
someone who's like in their career, but I have to ask this question solely because we are discussing the future of work. And so the question is more related to organizations. What should they do to align their goals with the changing workforce? What's so important is that they start to plan alongside their employees. So for organizations to create the traction they want in this new future of work, what it requires them is to be fundamentally aligned with their employees. Let's face it, people are what make up a company. And there's been a fundamental shift that the power is now really shifting towards the employees. You're finding folks that they're not going to stay in a company for four, five, 10 years. They're going to go in, learn everything they want to learn, and then leave. There's a shift with the company where they need to realize to attract and retain the best talent, they're going to have to align their business strategy, their goals, and their focus on doing good in the world, because that's obviously an important tenant for today's workers and today's up and coming workers. And how does that fundamentally align with the goals and objectives of the people they're looking to attract? And so when you're able to ensure that the there's a mutual purpose and there's a mutual buy-in to deliver value for both parties, that's when you're able to create that excitement for people to want to join your company and want to stay and realize that there now needs to be a greater investment in the company in constantly iterating, testing, and learning, and developing their people along with that iterative growth and development of their company. And so it is taking that strategic plan of the company and aligning to the strategic plans of the individuals. And those two things will need to be constantly moving and dynamically changing. And that's where you're going to ultimately find fit. So one of the things that I may not have mentioned, the future proofing your career and the future of work for people to create the traction that they personally want really comes down to them strategically creating that plan for themselves. And once they're clear on what that plan is, it becomes easier than when you go into a company to share, this is what I'm looking to do. These are the skills and experiences I'm looking to gain. This is how I know I can add value. And if there's that again fit and alignment with what I want to do and also what the company needs, you're going to have a really great partnership because it's shifting to truly more of a partnership with their employees versus this top-down hierarchical model where people feel like they have to. So Connie, thank you so much for that. I like to shift lanes a bit and discuss your book, Building the Business of You. How about you give us some details about the book and where we can find it? Absolutely. So the book provides context on what really has been happening over the years from that individual's perspective. As I mentioned before, what is it that people are needing and why and where did it come from? Which has led to that core insight that I have is people now realizing they need to be the CEO of themselves because they're looking to create their career mashup. But really a, a good 
portion of the book is a how-to guide on building that important strategic plan that I mentioned, because that's how you're going to be able to future-proof your career. A strategic planning process is now a core skill for everyone. It's not something that any of us are taught in school. I know I wasn't. I was just fortunate enough in my roles at work where I was put in that position and I learned strategy. But it's this five-part system that helps you research, analyze, plan, and implement this so that you can find the traction you're looking for based on the goals that you're setting. So the five-part system is one, first it's called spotting the trends. What it means is that you're just spending the time to research, study, analyze and find those insights of what's happening in the market, in the industry, or those companies that you're interested in, or you're looking to pursue or pin into. Because once you start to do that, you're going to see, interesting, here's some trends that I see. Here's some insights. Maybe this is opportunities where I can take my skill and make that pivot. That's where I can add value. At the same time, you need to do your own internal analysis of you to say, where are the environments that I work best? What's the value that I offer in what way the most? And it's doing the deep dive. So many of us don't spend the time to to do that because we're focused on the work that we're doing for other people, that that this is really all about doing that deep dive analysis for yourself. So these these external view and internal view. Based on that, you're going to get some core insights on where you may want to go, or maybe you already have it, but that spine, the trends exercise gets a little more refined. The next part, the second component is called creating your compass. That is really outlining a very uh, detailed plan. If folks are not familiar with that ghost method, ghost method, excuse me, goals, objectives, strategies, and tactics, we go through that, define, you know, what it is that I, what is it that I want to do at a high level? What is it that maybe makes me happy? How do you then start to operationalize that into a plan? Because that plan will be so important for you to share with other people. Because if you're not able to clearly articulate where you want to go, it'll be a bit harder for others to support you along in your journey. The third component is called preparing for change. And this is all about overcoming that initial fear of potentially getting started. We all get so happy when we got this great idea and we put it down, we're telling people, but once you really you know, start to lay it all out and it's your intent to operationalize, sometimes we get scared because it's it's change. It's different from what we've done. It's very it's unpredictable, right? There's risk involved. Many of us are afraid of failing. And the culture years ago was that you couldn't fail, but now tides are turning. And so this is a section in which it's intended to help you understand why you have that fear in the first place. How do you overcome it based on that deep understanding of maybe you're catastrophizing things? I mean, make it more out to be something that it really won't be. So it's helping you move past that fear and take those initial steps to build the confidence to move in that direction. The fourth is about networking. It's building that village and how do you authentically connect to other people to then support you along the way. I know you did a podcast episode actually on networking 
around it and how do you build those mutual connections? Because again, all of us need people to help us. And then the last one is about focusing on those important skills. Now, the skills in there, you probably from that initial plan in component two, right? You probably have identified hopefully the people, some of the skills that you may need. But what we emphasize in building the skills for this is soft skills. In today's world of work, it's pretty easy to acquire those hard skills because of all of the digital learning options that you have online. What's so important now, because we're moving to a more virtual environment, that connecting with people at the end of the day, whether it's through the communication, whether it's through a conflict management, whether it's through emotional intelligence, building your EQ, sensing people, feeling how they're reacting to you, that's going to be so important for you in your role and particularly as a leader to move people forward in doing whatever it is you're going to do. So we emphasize that in particular, that's an emphasis in the book, but it's this five-part system that we teach whether they eventually wants to move into a corporate environment or whether they want to start their own thing. Strategic planning is so foundational. And when you master, this is something that you could take anywhere. And then we also share, how do you think about the strategic planning uh, approach if you're a leader in an organization and you want to really bring out the best in your people? And then at the end, you want to show some examples of who've done it successfully because let's face it, right? It's stories of others who've taken a different journey that can help contextualize how to best implement that first. Amazing. And where can we find the book? You can go to bizofyou.co. That's www.biz ofyou.co. And actually, if you go to bizofyou.co forward slash you, you can sign up for a free seven-day mini course that will be sent straight to your inbox. And you know, each day you'll get five to 10-minute video. It's just quick explanations on how to build your strategic career plan to really help you move you along in your journey. Amazing. I'll add that link in our show notes. I know we are nearing the end of the show and I still have a lot of questions. (laughs) So uh, we definitely have to have you back for another episode or even for our live stream portion. But this has been such a great conversation and you've been dropping gems. I do want to ask one question. Of course, if you listen to the podcast, you already know what's coming. (laughs) So with myself being more on the financial side, Along with my brand, I use the phrase balling on a budget. And that phrase has been out for years. I can remember hearing it when I was a kid. You hear it in music videos. Most recently, I've heard it in a Burger King commercial. I would like to know from your standpoint, how do you define balling on a budget? So much of this has to do with trying to set those right parameters around what can you really do? Because I know that you're all about how do you create that traction with so that minimal amount that you have. And I think it's, I always look at how do you start small? How do you start to find what's that one small thing that you could do and get amazing traction from? Because all of us can have just these big visions of what we want to do, but it really is 
all right, what is that one small thing that can give you traction, that can give you confidence and that you, and it doesn't have to be big or expensive or anything, but you start there and then you just build and test and learn and iterate and grow and build your knowledge. So I think that's how I would apply it to things that I've done myself and probably things that I've done for other companies and, and important things that people need to do for themselves. Cause it, it, we all have a tendency to sometimes go super big. And I'm not saying don't think super big, but to, to, it, it can make it really scary to think of that way. But if it's, how do you think of, yes, you've got this big goal, but how do you start you know, small on that budget and then create that traction, it will help you move along the way faster. So Connie, I appreciate you being a guest on the show today. You have such amazing information to give. I hope the listeners will go out and pick up a copy of your book, reach out to you for any additional questions. And I want to turn it over to you if you have any last words for our listeners. I would say that, you know, don't feel that you're alone. For those of you who have been on a non-linear career journey, to some degree I have, I think all of us have uh, been trying to break out of, to some degree, a conformist approach in the past and things are shifting. And so every one of us is trying to find that meaningful fit and it's okay to fail because at the end of the day, you're failing forward. And if you don't experiment on things, you're never going to really know what it is that could bring out incredible talents that you have. So I encourage people to explore, but explore strategically and not aimlessly. Thank you so much for having Thanks me. for listening. Stay connected with Angel online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss RMBA. That's M-I-S-S-R-M-B-A. Be sure to subscribe and review. Join us next time as we continue to empower you through milestones, motivation, and money.